today may feel like Microsoft's AI day. There is a couple really interesting news stories I wanted to cover around Microsoft specifically and AI. And the reason why it feels like it's Microsoft's AI day, I've already recorded a podcast today about some interesting things coming out of Microsoft, is because they're currently in, you know, in the heat of things with this big FTC lawsuit where the FTC essentially is trying to block their acquisition of um, Activision Blizzard, which is a gaming um, studio, and they're, Microsoft's trying to pay $70 billion for this, but the FTC is blocking it. Now, as they're trying to block it, um, they're able to, you know, call on a lot of uh, different memos from within Microsoft, and they have to publish them as part of the lawsuit. And consequently, because of that, we're finding out a lot of really interesting information from within Microsoft um, based off of this lawsuit, but it's teaching us a lot of really interesting things about their strategy and about AI and what they're doing there. So we have a really interesting story regarding that. We have a big announcement out of Windows about some new features and AI features that they're going to be adding to Windows, um, and then also some really interesting new tech. So we'll dive into it without any further ado on the podcast. The first thing I want to say is that there was recently a memo released that essentially Microsoft is saying that it knows it's out of touch with Gen Z, um, and their plan to lure them back to Microsoft is AI. So apparently um, it, there is a quote-unquote relatively low share of Gen, Z, of Gen Z users compared to competitors and that Microsoft essentially is saying that this could be a quote-unquote long-term risk. So the memo was obviously released with this whole lawsuit, but essentially Microsoft is saying they know that... Um, well, essentially, the, the CEO said our relatively low share in these segments presents a long term risk to our overall modern workplace business. Um, and he was, you know, he was saying this June 7th to last year to their board of directors. And I think what's really interesting here is the fact that they know they're they're losing market share and they know exactly where they're losing it to. They said um, when referring to Gen Z users, when they prefer to use, they said they prefer to use quote-unquote, simple, lightweight, and collaboration-first applications who scale through freemium business models and bottom-up adoption within companies. Now, this is absolutely nothing shocking, right? Gen Z is going to be using Google Docs, Google Sheets. Why would they be using Microsoft Office when all of Microsoft Office is typically, like, a lot of people are using that within their company and their company is paying for it. Or even, you know, I remember back when I was in uh, university, we had a deal to use, you know, Excel and, you know, PowerPoint and that kind of stuff through through like the school would pay for it. But as soon as I left school and it was no longer free, I preferred the Google alternatives for free. And so I think this is what they're seeing with a lot of Gen Z companies or a lot of Gen Z consumers. Why would they be, you know, paying for a lot of Microsoft's, um, you know, expensive software? Now, when I say expensive software, obviously Microsoft makes an insane amount of money from this and they've made a lot of money by making sure that corporations are using it, but it's true. Um, there, a lot of this specific audience is focused on kind of these freemium areas and they scale up from there. So um, I do think, you know, it's interesting that for them, it's like, oh, like, here's the thing. Microsoft can't just say we're going to make Microsoft Word free because it's such a big source of revenue for them. So it's just kind of interesting that they like have to come up with another solution to, you know, quote unquote, lure um, these new Gen Z these new Gen Z users because they, you know, like they're competing with free, which is incredibly hard to do. So it's going to be interesting. And they believe the AI is the way to do this. So right on, you know, a year later, since that memo was released, it looks like they really are obviously, um, you know, putting their money where their mouth is. They've released a lot of incredible tools with open AI in this space and integrated AI into every single uh, tool they have. And specifically they are 
announcing a Windows 11 um, new tool, which essentially is a Windows Copilot. And they're, they have this preview that they're allowing some of their, um, that they're sharing out to their dev channel right now. But essentially what it is, is the fact, so back in May at the Build Conference, they introduced this like Windows Copilot for Windows 11. Um, and so they're actually allowing people to test that out now. They're offering an early look at it. And it does look really interesting. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. And essentially what it is, is you can pull up this like little side panel on the side of your Windows computer and you can ask it any questions you might need. Um, it does actually look really useful because you can just say in plain text like, hey, switch my computer over to dark mode and, you know, like mute my microphone or like anything you want your computer to do instead of having to dig through the settings, which I know some people are like, oh, I'm super fast at digging through my settings. Like, congratulations. But like for... Dude, I swear for some things, especially on my phone, so I'll sound like a, I know I'll sound uh, tech illiterate for this, but on my phone, sometimes I cannot figure out how to change something very simple in the settings. It's frustrating. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what area it's in. And so I sit there searching and like clicking on, you know, different, going down different branches on my phone's settings till I try to finally find the right thing and change it. Maybe I'm the only one in the world. I, I doubt it. Maybe it's me and a lot of older people. Who knows? But in any case, um, this seems like a feature that would be very useful where you could just put in plain text what you want to set up um you know say something like hey turn on uh, dark mode from the hours of 6 6 you know p.m till 6 a.m or you know for me i like to turn my phone uh into black and white mode sometimes um to make it less distracting or less uh bright so there's a lot of different things you can do and i think this is going to be a really cool a cool feature I did see something very interesting. So, of course, you're going to ask it different questions. It essentially is also uh, the Bing, like uh, the Bing AI browser. Um, so you can ask it things like you were searching on a search engine as well and get those kind of responses. But you can also do things specifically for your computer, which I think are useful. But this is what's very interesting that I saw in this kind of side panel they have going on is you can choose a conversation style. You have three options. You have more creative, more balanced or more precise, right? I think this is really, I think this is a good play by Microsoft because um, I think it defaults to more balance. So it's just kind of in the middle. But sometimes you want, like, if you're using this to write, for example, like creative literature and you're trying to make a creative story and you want this thing to be more creative, like, you don't want this to be fact-based. Fact you just want this to be fun and exciting and whatever. And there's a lot of use cases where you might use that. Um, so that's what you'd want. But in other cases, you absolutely need this thing to be dead on, exact, specific, and precise, right? You don't want it hallucinating or saying something crazy. And so in that case, you would be able to toggle that up. So I do think this is an interesting um, feature, if nothing else, that they're integrating into this copilot that we're not seeing in a lot of tools like ChatGPT, where I do think this is actually like, you know, when it's, a lot of people are like, oh, like, what are the what are the next tools ChatGPT needs to add? And they got like, I'm sure a laundry list that they're, that they're thinking of. This is one that I legitimately think should be put to the forefront of this because this kind of gets at the root cause of what we use ChatGPT and these generative AI text um, tools for. It's interesting because a lot of people are saying like, hey, we are the AI, the AI um, you know, model that does X, Y, and Z. We specifically focus on fact checking or we specifically focus on this or that. And it's like, if, if something like ChatGPT wants to compete with all these different AIs that are kind of like leaning towards these different areas, they don't have to change their entire model to be like something very specific like that. They can just use a, a, some sort of toggle like this. And maybe that does mean that they actually have three different models they've trained. It probably does. I'm not 100% sure. 
it may mean that they need three different models depending on the toggle you have it's like gpt4 but it's more creative or gpt4 but it's more precise and then to change like the weights or something in the back end in any case very cool um use case so something interesting about this whole windows copilot thing though specifically is that it's going to appear as a sidebar on the right but it's not going to overlap with your screen which i actually think that's really important meaning if you're working on a document and you open it up it's not going to like cover up the side of your document it will resize the screen so that everything is pushed to the side i think that's a very you know useful thing that they'll be doing um so in the first preview you can ask it a bunch of different questions and you can ask it you know to change it change your computer to dark mode turn on do not disturb take a screenshot you know summarize a website write a story about a dog who lives on the moon make a picture of a uh, you know, a fish pond with lily pads. So they're they're integrating more than just the chat. They got the images in there as well. And I think this is going to be a very interesting tool. Um, they have a specific icon on the top right that is going to, you know, summarize feedback on any issues that you run into. Um, and it's going to be, I think this is going to be a really interesting tool. I think it's going to get a lot of adoption. Um, they did say they, in their little release, they said, please note that not everyone there, not everything shown at um, build for Windows Copilot is included in the first early preview. For example, Windows Copilot has a basic set of Windows settings plugins, but no third-party plugin support yet. Over time, features will be added as we refine the Windows Copilot experience with Windows Insider. So I think that this is, you know, obviously a really big step for them and a really big feature, but they're slow rolling this. They're not going to release it too fast because they want to make sure the quality is really good um, and what they actually produce is something that people want. So I think Microsoft is making some big plays. I'm, you know, I'm not 100% sure if this is going to completely capture the, the Gen Z market that they're so desperately looking to um, grab. One last piece of news out of Microsoft I wanted to cover today, then I promise I'll be done talking about Microsoft maybe for the week. Who knows? If they really something crazy... I'll have to bring it to you. But the one last uh, piece of news out of Microsoft that I did think was quite interesting is the fact that um, their new AI, they're, they're creating essentially some new AI that's going to help you shop on Bing and Edge, right? They're trying to push people over back to Microsoft Edge. Um, and the idea is that it's going to create buying guides. Um, it's going to help you with reviews and help you with price matching. And they're integrating AI into all of this. So essentially, Bing shopping is getting a overhaul and they're adding a bunch of new interesting AI features to it. So um, I think this is, you know, following Microsoft in February, they unveiled Bing search power, uh, Bing search, um, which is powered by ChatGPT. And they essentially called this an AI powered co-pilot for the web. That's their slogan for it. Um, and essentially you can do things like making shopping lists. You can summarize PDFs. You can generate LinkedIn posts and write everything you can do with ChatGPT and maybe more you can do on Bing. It, it kind of goes back and forth sometimes. Uh, Bing can do a little bit more. Sometimes they front run some features and sometimes OpenAI catches up. But in any case, these I want to talk about three specific areas um, where AI is now going to be included for online shopping. And this is, I think, particularly important um, as we're about to see a bunch of different you know, sales events coming up. We have Amazon Prime Day. We have Walmart Plus Week. We have Target Circle Week. We have Best Buy's Black Friday in July, um, which I think is... Essentially, Amazon Prime Day became a big thing, and now Walmart, Target, and Best Buy are all trying to like kind of piggyback off of that. And then now it looks like Bing is trying to get in with their own thing soon. Um, but this is what they're doing. So the first thing they're doing in e-commerce is buying guides. So Bing is going to use AI to generate buying guides, which are tailored on your shopping-related searches. So those guides are gonna those guides are gonna take 
um, search terms like college supplies, and they'll offer categories, product suggestions, and tables comparing items. And the buying guides can actually be accessed in Bing Chat or in the Edge sidebar. Um, and the Bing guides are available in the US right now, and they'll be coming soon to other markets. Um, and the Edge buying guides are starting to roll out worldwide. So I think this is really interesting. They're, they're kind of building these like quote unquote buying guides, which sounds to me really, I don't know, like really corporate y, like, um, I don't know, really corporate really consumer-y. Like, they're, they're just trying to, like, create more stuff to make you buy things. But I actually do think that they're going to offer some information, some interesting information, and some relevant stuff that might actually be useful. They're also going to do review summaries. So, you know, we love to dive into all of the reviews of the latest products, and they're going to help summarize those reviews. And they're, they're essentially, they'll use AI um, to suggest specific aspects about a purchase that you might be interested in. The third thing they're doing is price match. So once you picked out a product, Microsoft shopping tool um, is going to price match with, well, essentially the company, they partner with a bunch of different US retailers who have existing price match policies. Um, so even after a purchase, the feature will monitor the price's item and help you request a match if the price on your item drops. This is really, really interesting. And to be 100% honest, I would use uh, Bing shopping or whatever over Amazon or anything else for this feature. Like, come on, like how many times have you purchased something on Amazon and then you go back like two weeks later and there's like a sale or it's cheaper and there's kind of like this like bad taste in your mouth because you wish you had bought it sooner. So apparently they'll be using AI to help monitor price drops in a bunch of different areas on a bunch of different platforms. Um, and they're going to actually lower the price or give you a refund if the price drops. So I think that is a very interesting tool. Obviously, Microsoft is absolutely all in on AI right now. They're making big plays in every area of their company. And so these are some very interesting features and tools they're launching um, that will be interested to continue following into the future.